On this episode of The Playbook, I have one of my greatest mentors, Arthur Blank, the co-founder of Home Depot and owner of the Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta United. And we're going to discuss the importance of leading your team with strong values and how to thrive under pressure. Join me for all this and more on The Playbook. This is The Playbook where I give you access each week to the world's greatest athletes and executives about their personal and professional playbook and what has made them champions on and off the field. This is The Playbook. I have an old mentor, and I don't mean old in age. I mean, he is a mentor to so many. Uh, Arthur Blank, everyone knows, co-founder of Home Depot, owner of Atlanta Falcons, owner of the Atlanta United, but he's much more than that. To me, he taught me the compassionate capitalism model. The book that I wrote is off of mentors like Arthur Blank, people who understand that they receive to give and they're inspired to give back to the community more than anything else. Mr. Blank, sir, welcome to the playbook. Well, thank you, David. I think um, any questions you want to ask me, I think you could probably answer yourself. Sounds like you've got the um, sounds like you've got the book down in your heart. But uh, I love it. Well, I got to share a story with you to start because you'll you'll laugh. um, Being an entrepreneur, being someone who has great emotional intelligence, knows people and human nature, and have built one of the greatest businesses in America. On that, I when I started at Lee's, you were one of those people that I could not remember your name. (laughs) <laughs> and it was so funny. I just could not, every time I saw you, I, I'd ask Lee. And one time I asked Lee, I said, I go, Lee, who is that? I go, every time I see him, my mind draws a blank. And he literally thought I was joking. He goes, you're kidding, right? I go, no, I, I literally draw a blank every time I see this guy. He goes, Dave, that's his name, Arthur yeah. Blank. Oh, and I was like, oh, so I've never forgotten your name since yeah. that. No, I could just you. draw the blank. Um, well, you know, you've written a new book, Good Company. And, you know, give me the premise of why, you know, after this journey now, you've written this book, what, what is the message you'd like to share? Well, I think it's it probably very much like you, um, you've expressed. I think that uh, what we have found, I think through the 23 years, you know, launching HD with Bernie Marcus, my partner, and, uh, and then, you know, Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta United, a PGA Tour superstore, number one golf retail in America, Mountain Sky, number one dude ranch in the West, several ranches out West and our foundation and, um, and Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which has, you know, been an incredible uh, addition to not only housing Atlanta United, Atlanta Falcons, but in and of itself an unbelievable facility. I think what we've found over that long period of time was interesting is that um, when I bought the Falcons, I got some good counsel from Robert Kraft, who, um, you know, I had story tell about the story in the book but basically I had breakfast with him when I was up in New York with Commissioner Tagliabue to get my owner orientation and Robert said to me you know you're going to hear a lot of things the NFL is different and you know it's the, you can't you know you can't run the business the same way as you do you know HD and all that kind of stuff and he said I'm my viewpoint is that you same values you have in place at HD will work in the NFL so I think this story really is a, is an extension of that is that what I have found is that not only with the Falcons, but all the other businesses and the entities I mentioned, um, those same set of values, those six core values are exactly what we have put in place with no change at all, regardless of geography or, you know, environment or situation or whether it's fans, guests, customers, whoever we would be serving always with associates, 
uh, have worked beautifully, both to lift both ends of the barbell, the weight on one side being the need for profitability because you want to have a sustainable organization. Otherwise, you know, it's great. Two years it's gone and it's not, you know, it's not good for anything or anybody. On the other hand, all the things that you feel passionate about and I feel passionate about, and frankly, our younger population, our millennial population, cares very deeply about, and that is, you know, having, having purpose uh, in their lives, having purpose beyond just making money, if you will. And I think the beauty of the book and the beauty of these stories and ones that you're associated with is that, you know, you can have both. In fact, you need both, really, to, to really be able to be committed to uh, the sustained success in all areas of life. And whether it's, you know, people, profits, planet, or acknowledgement, finally, the business roundtable, 192 of the senior executives in America today who now publicly acknowledge that it's not just about making profits, but it's about, you know, shareholder, you know, share evaluation, but also how is the environment for the associates, how is it for who we're serving, how is it for our suppliers, or the stakeholders as well. So I think this book tells stories of the way that same value set is communicated throughout all these different environments with the same degree of success. And in our case, 98% of the profitability is being recycled back into society through our family foundation. So it's a beautiful circle, you know, um, of life, if you will, uh, that uh, we know works uh, and works regardless of the situation. It's amazing how those values can be a common denominator, no matter the variance of all the different businesses that you're involved, right. philanthropies. I know you both, both of us, you're in the Junior Achievement Hall of Fame. I'm the now Chief Chancellor of Junior Achievement University with Bob Proctor and Jack Canfield, and we're giving all of our content to the kids. You know, one of the lessons or common denominators beyond the values that uh, I think you stand for is what I call the, uh, the need to, you must be what you can be you know, living to your potential. Yeah. And it takes self-determination, drive, persistence, consistency in order to do that. I'd love for you to share some of your advice on how we do stay consistent, how we stay passionate and inspired so that we can live to our potential. Because I think to me, that's the common yeah. denominator of great, yeah. successful people. I, I think that's true. I think, you know, uh, David, I think if you change if you have a compass, think of it as a compass in life, if you will, if you change your direction every day, you know, every day you're going a different way. I mean, you're not, you know, there's no consistency to it and you're not making progress. I think the beauty of a values-based approach to business, you know, or any sort of institution um, is that it sets a compass in place that you can follow under any, whether you're dealing with a COVID, a pandemic, an economy, social unrest, or a roaring economy. These values work and, and they uh, attract the right kind of associates and they, uh, and they keep the right kind of associates and they keep focused on, on the, um, the, the, the intangibles, if you will, the relationships between who you're serving, who's doing the serving, and, um, and the communities you're living in <clears throat> with, great, um, you know, with great consistency. Um, and I think today our younger populations are becoming much more demanding of working in that kind of environment than they've ever been before. It, one of the other things is <clears throat> saying, you know, when you squeeze a lemon, lemon juice comes out. In other words, when we're under pressure, when things aren't going as planned, we really find out what's inside of us. And 
you really represent great composure, you know, and now, especially with the public always viewing us with telephones and everything, you know, your consistent composure is extraordinary. And uh, for me, I remember Warren Moon, obviously my business partner over the last decade, I, he's a mentor of mine for the majesty of calmness. He, he, you know, in the Buffalo game, he had the same demeanor when they came back as he did when he was yeah. way ahead. You are the same way on and off the field as well, completely composed. You know, I had to learn that over, you know, my career. How do you stay composed when that pressure, when the lemon gets squeezed? What, what are some of the things that you do as far as mindset? Well, I, you know, I think, David, um, <clears throat> and I think you understand us having authored some books along these lines, is that, you know, this six, six core values, uh, which we go into great detail in the books and give a lot of practical examples of how they apply, those become an anchor. Um, not an anchor in a sense of a weight, but an anchor in the sense of um, keeping you focused on making the right decisions for the right reasons. My mother had an expression, you make the right decisions for the right reasons and live with the consequences. So, you know, that, that's a, another way of saying is that you, you live by these values, you make decisions by these values, whether or not it's in booming times or difficult times, stressful times like we're living in right now. Um, and, and that makes it easier to make those decisions because you're not constantly s switching the index or the dictionary or what you're, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, color of the day, fashion of the day, flavor of the day. It's, it's what anchors you in life. And when you have your whole leadership team that understands these values and lives them, it's not articulating them, but living them and demonstrating them to other associates throughout your organization or our organizations, et cetera. Um, then they're making the same decisions that you're going to make and they're making them for all the right reasons. It's very rarely about what's right short term. Sometimes it is, but it's usually what's right over a longer term basis. And what's the best in the best interest of the people that we're serving, fans, guests, or customers, whatever it may be, and the associates who are serving them. And then thinking that doing the right thing by the communities that we're living, not just in terms of philanthropy, but making the business decisions that will have the positive impact on the communities as well. Example of that uh, briefly is we just made a decision about a month ago to close our public, open for the public guest ranch in Montana, Mountain Sky Guest Ranch. First time in a hundred years, the ranch has been closed. And we did it, we had follow CDC protocols, we had you know local health officials sign off on everything, et cetera. But, we knew with 70% of our, our associates coming in from out of state and you know, close to 100% of associates coming nationally and internationally, there was no way we weren't, weren't going to have you know, disease on, on our ranch properties. And our concern was you know, the communities. A lot of our associates go back to live in these communities. They're bringing disease with them. And so we didn't want, we wanted to do the right thing for these communities that were part of for a hundred years. So, you know, community involvement is not just a question of like, you know, social engagement and writing checks and things of that nature. That may be important, but also living as a good neighbor, understanding what a good neighbor would do and understanding about that relationship as well. So, and as I said, I, I think that younger people today are becoming much more demanding uh, about working with organizations that really care about those things they need profitability, they know, because they want to have an organization that's going to be around, it's going to sustain itself. But they also want to have an organization they're proud of, that are making decisions for the right reasons, all stakeholders connected, and, um, and, and, and demonstrate that day in, day out. So when they go home, they tell their friends, family, 
their pets if they're listened to them, you know, et cetera, about what they're doing all day and they feel good about it. So, you know, it's that whole Zen philosophy of getting work and play confused and um, feeling a real sense of, of, of passion for what they're doing. So um, that's what we've engaged in all of our businesses. And that's what they've done at Home Depot. I mean, when I left the company at 250,000 associates, we're up to 450 now. Craig Muneer is the chairman CEO today. He's done an incredible job, wonderful job. I hired him 30 years ago. He's done a brilliant job at growing the company. And, um, you know, that reflects in the share price, which is, you know, all-time high virtually every day now. Um, and, but it's their belief, and they start every shareholders meeting 40 years into the business exactly the same way. They have the inverted pyramid with the customers on top, and Craig Muneer, in this case, used to be Bernie myself on the bottom, and these, this circle of values. And, and then they talk from there about the current business, but it always starts with those things. It never changes. And so, you know, and I think that's true in all of our businesses, you know, whether it be a ranch or stadium or football team, soccer team, golf business, whatever it may be, or really our foundations. So. There's so many lessons that I've learned from you and from listening to videos and watching you and listening to conversations that you've had. That was one that I picked up on. I have started every single Monday morning meeting with our four core values, gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration. And it, sometimes I think some of the younger millennials may roll their eyes, you know, especially now I get to see everybody on the screen. So it's, they don't know I'm looking, they forget I'm there. Uh, but it's really important to be aligned because I think wisdom comes from there. I remember also you shared a very interesting perspective of wisdom. Um, well, I want to reinforce one thing before you ask yeah, the please. question that you, that, you, that you just said. You know, Bernie and I were at HD together for 23 years. The, the, the message, our discussion of these values, these six core values, which we discuss here in our book, my book, um, is probably very much like your four key values that you discuss every Monday. And people would say to us, every time you guys talk to us, like for 23 years, you say the same things. And, and you know what? And that, that was true. We, we would color the stories and, you know, make it a little more entertaining, et cetera. But the essence was always around those values. So there's, there's real value in that. And the real value in that, there was never confusion in the mind's eye of the associates about what we stood for and what we were about. So your Monday meetings, when you stress those four values in whatever way you do it, I mean, you say, well, they've already heard it 30 times. Well, they'll hear it 300 times and it's never going to be enough because they have to get into their brain and their mind and their heart and their spirit. That's what we're about. So um, I, I would continue doing that. Thank you for doing it. Okay. Go ahead with your question. I'm sorry. Interrupt. Yeah, no, no. I really appreciate that because it's amazing. Before I learned the repetitive nature of teaching, I would have excerpt interviews and I'd say, what are the four things that I've taught every single week that I wanted you to learn while you were here. And it, it would give me an ulcer, ulcer. I, they, they couldn't even mention, they couldn't even say the four things. And then I really started to figure out what you said, what Coach Holt said to me, right? It's not what you say, it's what they hear. And you have to tell them what you're gonna tell them, tell them what you're gonna tell them and remind them what you told them. And you're lucky if they actually get it. But if they do, they'll change not only their lives, but they can help change other people's and, lives. And I'll tell you, the, the most important part of that is extending that into doing, to you doing, or Coach Holtz doing, or me, or any business leader that's watching this or listening, um, doing doing the values, living the values, because then they see them demonstrated, and it's not do what I say, it's do what I do. And so it's walking the talk, it's understanding that, is that 
people see that example, and they say, well, you know, shit, David doesn't mess around. He's doing the same stuff he's asking us to do. So he must really believe in this stuff. And, you know, in their mind, they say to themselves, if I want to become closer to David, promote myself in the company, move ahead, I got to make sure my behavior is more in line with these four, four values and live them. Because he's going to recognize that because he recognizes that's the most important thing to him as the CEO of our organization. Awesome. And then I just mentioned real quick your kind of philosophy and perspective on wisdom. I remember you combined it with imagination. Do you remember how you kind of framed wisdom uh, before? Uh, it's like know, something would, like wisdom nothing, is nothing more than a confirmed imagination. Is that? Yeah, that, 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 I would, I would, that's a better, you know, that's a much more visual description than I would give. I, I, I love that. I'll have to remember expressing it that way. But I think that, you know, wisdom is, you know, your four values, our six values, this book expresses, talks about, et cetera. It's, it's becoming convinced over time, seeing repetitively these values reinforced and the results of them being positive and all the things you care about, whether it be profitability, community involvement, social involvement, engagement with who you're serving, et cetera, et cetera. And you become wiser as you say, you know, the truth of the matter is this stuff really works. I mean, this is not like, you know, just, okay, it's great for this time, but you know, two weeks from now, two years from now, it'll be different. The beauty of our values that we discuss in this book is that they've lasted for over 40 years. And now in six different environments that are totally different in their setting, business setting, et cetera, um, each one, each of these values work. They all work the same way and produce the same results. So. And great results they have. Last question real quick. You know, one of the most difficult blends uh, is, to me is the pragmatic world, the currency of money, an object of energy you put into the flow to get what you want here on earth. Uh, and then blending that with this higher purpose, with faith. And I know you and I share a lot of the same faith together as well, but there is a higher purpose that can be blended or reconciled with money. And you know, my motto with Warren, we created our mission statements real simple. Let's make a lot of money to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun with our lives. You know, yeah. three well, really simple things. I think that's, I think that's wonderful. I mean, I, I would, and, and, and you know, you focus, I mean, I think we're a little further maybe to the left than that, but I mean, if you do those things, you're gonna make a lot of money. And I think that's really the, 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 the message in, in, in this book is that, this is all about relationships. It's about who you're serving. It's about who you're serving with associates, et cetera, about, about the communities. It's about connecting all of these dots together and creating an environment where the associates feel like <clears throat> the purpose, the wisdom of the organization is not just making money. And today I'm, I would suggest to you respectfully that the millennial population today, thank heavens, is caring more deeply <clears throat> about who they're associated with and why they're associated with certain organizations because they are asking and are asking repetitively, you know, the same questions. Why am I here? <clears throat> What's my purpose? How can I make a difference in the lives of other people? And, um, and life, I think their view is that life, you know, is available to everybody. And what we do between the time we're born until the time we pass, you know, that's an opportunity to make an impact on other people's lives. And I want to do it personally in my life with a great family and kids and wife, spouse, whatever it may be. And, but I also want to do it, be connected to an organization that has a holier grail other than how much money can we put in the bank? They know that's important because otherwise the organization's not going to be there. But if the organization is affecting who they're serving 
and the associates themselves and the communities in a bigger way. And that's kind of what, you know, the, the uh, community, that's what these young people are asking for. Show us purpose, show us more, a more meaningful life. And, and I think that uh, you see it, you can, you can see it in many areas. One example is you may be familiar with the work that Dr. Lori Santos is doing at Yale University. I mean, there's an example for our listeners who don't know, she started this course on what makes people happy because the students asked for it. She had 30 of first year, she had 130 the second year, 300. Now has 1,500, it's the, it's the highest uh, enrolled course in the history of Yale University, 204 years old. We have these kids that are asking to be signed up for this course, which is now taught online, is that help me think through and help me think through the purpose of life, the purpose of why am I here and what am I doing and how can I have a bigger impact on, on, on the planet? How can I have a bigger impact on other people in my community and in a broad sense on everybody living beyond myself? It's, it's been amazing. I'm, uh, as you know, on my journey mission to empower over a billion people to be happy and have free trainings on Friday for that purpose. And they've got over 15,000 registrations last week. Wow. Uh, started with 50 people in Lee's office, uh, has grown, you know, now online. So there's a lot of people that need now. I, you know, people ask me all the time, especially young entrepreneurs, you know, how can I, what should I do? And I always say, surround yourself with the right people and the right ideas. Find a mentor. Well, I'm telling everyone right now, you need to surround yourself with the right ideas and the right people. This book and uh, Mr. Blank, of course, are great mentors to figure out how you can have purpose, passion, and profitability in your life, value-based leadership, and what I call merchant uh, leadership as well, with great servitude to everyone. are there, it's been an honor and a pleasure. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate your work. And you speak to Lee before me. Tell him I said hello, if you will, please. Okay. Absolutely. God bless.